Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives podcast. I'm Oliver Hartwig. I'm joined today once again by our senior economist, Matt Burgess Heimat. Hi, Oliver. We want to talk once again about climate change because yesterday we received the Climate Change Commission's final report and recommendations. And I saw a tweet from you last night in which you said that there were some basic mistakes and problems in the Climate Change Commission's report. And then you had a threat of 13 parts. And that tweet got a lot of likes, a lot of retweets. And I hear it was quite influential in Parliament as well. So I thought I might just talk you through it. Your basic problem with the Climate Change Commission's final recommendations is? The Commission hasn't probably properly accounted for the fact that there's an emissions trading scheme, that the government's policy is that the ETS caps emissions, and that has the rather significant effect of neutralising most of what the Climate Change Commission's plan will do for emissions. And in the draft report that we got in January, the Commission even acknowledged it. Does it do that again? The Commission acknowledges that that's the effect of the ETS, and it's uh, between the draft report and the final report, it, ha it has had two goes at explaining why its strategy is still a good idea, even though you have an emissions trading scheme. This time they say that the ETS cap isn't fixed. In other words, it's not a real cap. Um, they give us three reasons for why that is. Um, Eric Crampton's posted a blog um, explaining, just walking through why the Commission is clearly wrong in its view. Uh, and so if the ETS cap, here's a significant thing, if the ETS caps emissions, then the Climate Change Commission's plan uh, can't reduce emissions any further. Which also puts the Climate Change Commission at odds with Climate Change Minister James Shaw. The government's policy, as if you go back and read Hansard and what Shaw said about um, the legislation that introduced the cap into the ETS last year, Shaw was perfectly clear. The government policy is that the ETS caps emissions, the legislation introduces a cap that wasn't there before, and that cap is a sinking lid that will be brought down in line with our targets. So the Commission is essentially disagreeing with the government's um, statutory position uh, with respect to the emissions training scheme. So the, our view, my view, is that the Commission's report yesterday is entirely based on a misunderstanding of how the emissions trading scheme works. Uh, and it's in the end, the Commission's plan will not contribute uh, anything or very little towards our emissions targets, it's only, it'll have two effects uh, almost entirely, two effects only. It'll change how and where emissions come down and it will massively increase the cost of achieving our emissions targets, possibly to the point where we can't achieve them at all. And there seems to be a bit of a cognitive dissonance anyway, because the Commission also says that at $50 a tonne, we will get down to net zero. It said that in the draft report, and I believe it said it yesterday as well. Said it again yesterday. So the Commission says, yep, we can get to net zero emissions for $50 a tonne. Um, uh, but it says we shouldn't do that. We should spend, well, $250 is what they put in the report yesterday. I suspect there's numbers behind the scenes that they haven't released yet that are closer to $800 a tonne. So the Commission actually says it's $250 in the end, right? It says $250 in the report, um, but I think it's only talking about transport and um, possibly process heat. So we don't know what the prices are in other sectors and we don't know what the non-ETS price they have in mind is. So they haven't told us that yet. It's kind of an it, important it's, detail. It's just a bit weird. It's like going to a shop and you see something that you could buy for $50 and you say, no, it's too cheap. I'd rather like to spend 250 You know, carbon is just a commodity. It's a, it's a negative commodity. It's like arguing uh, what a great idea it is for uh, well-being in the economy to pay five times too much for petrol or a tonne of steel. Uh, 
other things being equal, if we can get to our targets for 50 bucks, we should do it. Uh, and it's always going to be better than 250. We can always spend some of the savings um, to do the other things the commission wants, more native trees, um, supporting groups through the transition, et cetera, et cetera. And you talk about this, of course, in your Twitter feed. Um, we should talk about trees as well, I believe. So the commission really doesn't like some trees, but it likes others. Well, a big part of the commission's plan uh, rests on the idea that exotic trees are bad and we can't plant our way to success. Of course, trees uh, remove emissions from the atmosphere. Exotic trees are extremely good at that. Um, they can take a ton of emissions for 10 to $15 a ton. Very affordable, very effective. And it's genuine. I mean, there's no scientific question that trees really do um, capture and store carbon. Um, but the commission doesn't like exotic trees. It wants to, uh, it, it says it's worried that uh, if the ETS is allowed to do its work, then we'll end up planting too many trees. We'll cover too much land in trees. Now the commission, there's a few things to talk about here. The first is that um, the commission uh, wants to plant less exotic trees, but more native trees. Now, uh, the problem with native trees um, is that they only absorb emissions at one-fifth the rate of exotic. So the Commission on the one hand complains about all the land being tied up in exotic forests, but then in switching to native trees, as far as I can tell um, from looking at the charts this morning, more land is going to be planted under the commission under trees under the Commission's plan than under current policies because natives are so much less efficient um, per hectare at absorbing carbon. So the Commission's complaining about all the land and forests on, on the one hand and then its plan will end up planting more trees, not less than current policies. The other thing is that, um, look, the Commission uses the excuse of the alleged evils of exotic uh, forests to abandon this principle of least cost completely never considering the possibility that, yep, trees might be a problem, some people don't like trees, perfectly fair position. You don't have to abandon least cost. You can just go with least cost and take a rational evidence-based approach, but put a limit on how many trees there are um, and look for the next least cost thing after that. The Commission doesn't do that. The reason we're paying five times more, probably a lot more than five times more when all the numbers finally come out, uh, is because the Commission has stepped away from least cost principle across all uh, all areas of reductions, not just trees. Which is a general problem because there is absolutely no cost benefit analysis involved in any of the Commission's recommendations. The Commission, I think, is just extraordinary. The Commission is recommending sweeping reforms to all parts of the New Zealand economy with effects in every part of our life, how we get to work, where we work, um, what we wear, what we eat, etc. everything. If Parliament tried to do that, that would be an outrage. It is an outrage, even when it's just the Climate Change Commission. They are sending... Especially they, because they don't have a political mandate. They have no... They're working outside the mandate that Parliament gave them, net emissions, not gross. And they're sending the recommendations without checking their emissions benefits, their wellbeing effects, their distributional effects. So when the Climate Change Commission talks about intergenerational equity, it's in no position to know what effect its recommendations are going to have on intergenerational equity, because it hasn't even checked. How, wor how worried can they really be about future generations? And not just intergenerational equity. I mean, equity today, low pe people on low incomes cannot really afford this. That's right. And there's almost nothing. You know, there's lip service paid to the idea that they're worried about distributional effects. But in practice, they haven't done any analysis on that question, as far as we can tell from the report. They're guessing. And you know what? Paying 250 bucks a tonne is a, has real consequences uh, relative to $50 a tonne for people um, living close to the breadline. And they just don't, they just haven't looked at it. And especially when it comes to 
heating and transport, people won't be able to afford mobility anymore. People in the lowest um, quintile in income terms pay something between two and three times, actually more than three times, I think, a higher share of their income on uh, energy uh, relative to um, the top quintile. So if you're paying 30, 40, 50% more for energy, that has real consequences. The Commission hasn't seriously looked at it. The next problem with the Commission, or let's actually give them some credit, I think they acknowledge a bit more this time than in the draft report that it's quite ambitious to move the vehicle fleet to electric vehicles because they simply might not be available. So I think um, they've actually acknowledged that now after quite a few submissions actually pointed out how difficult it is to get a sufficient number of EVs into the country. At the same time, they are not quite realistic about some other aspects of electrification. I mean, they want to see electric planes in the air by 2030 on quite a few routes in New Zealand. How realistic is that? Look, I, I think, you know, you can argue over, you know, whether they've picked the right modes or the, the you know, culling the right number of cows um, in the next decade or so on. Really, the problem is that the commi- you've got a climate change commission that's trying to work out which technologies and which kinds of planes we should be flying um, 20 or 30 years from now. That's the wrong question. If you're arguing over whether, you know, they've picked the right number on any given technology, the real question is, do we need to have a climate change commission that's even making these guesses about which technology, as opposed to being prepared to cut emissions as and where is most effective today, five years from now, 20 years from now? What's the process that finds the next most affordable way to cut the next tonne of emissions? Recognising that that approach gives us the best chance of getting to our targets. The commission is rejecting that whole paradigm, either because the ledge compels them or because they've chosen to. Either way, it doesn't. it's not going to work end well for New Zealand. Uh, the current approach can't succeed in delivering what the government and the commission says it wants, which is to get to our emissions targets. Not according to the commission, of course, because they're super optimistic. Everything is only going to cost 1% of GDP. Yeah, so I, I just don't believe the number. I mean, uh, especially when it's coming from a, a, an organisation that refuses, still refuses to release its models from its January draft report, hasn't released any numbers um, uh, to its report yesterday, we'll still wait for those. So we're just looking at the few charts that are in the report and trying to guess what's going on behind the scenes. Look, you can't take over the economy for 1.2% of GDP. Nobody believes that. Nobody believed it when they said it was 0.9% of the draft. Um, they're just making it up, quite frankly. Mm. So the cost has gone up by 33% actually since January. It's from, gone up by quite, quite a large amount. Um, yes. But instead of talking about $800 a tonne in carbon, now they're only talking about 250 So, so it doesn't you know, seem to fit. It's more expensive on GDP, but much less uh, expensive on a per tonne basis. doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't it be fascinating to have a look at the model? Uh, not really, actually. <laughs> I think... Um, look, with all due respect to the modellers, I think they've been put in a very difficult position. <laughs> the questions they're having to answer are just extraordinarily complicated, and I think they've probably done a, they've worked extremely hard. They're competent people. They're just dealing with very, very difficult questions. And so they, you know, from what we could tell from looking at the draft report, there's a lot of fixed assumptions that have gone into there. Um, so it's not clear how much modelling is going on as opposed to the results just reflecting a, a series of assumptions. So I think, you know, when the Commission talks about how many extra trees we end up planting when we have a $50 um, carbon price unconstrained. That extra number of trees is not the product of the model. I think it's just what um, the commissioners guessed, I think, ultimately is what's going on. And let's talk about some positives towards the end. Um, I found it positive to read quite a few statements yesterday from business organisations pointing out that the ETS is the way to go. 
We had similar statements, I think, from National and ACT as well. So I think th that the ETS is a sufficient means of tackling climate emissions. Uh, seems to have become commonplace in the last few months. It's it's pleasing to see that's getting some traction. I think um, uh, it was beyond the pale almost um, six months ago, and a lot of for a lot of people. But I think you just if you just go back and look at what James Shaw said, you know. ETS cap. The ETS cap is the government's policy. It is the law, uh, and so everything the commission's doing is effectively um, ignoring what the government's position on all of this is. And um, uh, a few years ago, of course, some people were singing the ETS's praises. They were literally, literally singing the ETS's praises, which I have to say, um, I think Catherine Lining might be playing 4D chess. It, it, that video caused me to question the whole merit of carbon pricing. We should entirely. probably explain what we're talking <laughs> about here. So for unsuspecting listeners, because I think this video has only been watched a few hundred times on YouTube, one of the Climate Change Commission's commissioners actually did an, a video on the ETS a couple of years ago for her then employer, Motu, and she celebrated a decade of the ETS with a song and she actually sang this whole video. Uh, she literally sang a praise to the ETS. And if you haven't watched it, she's got a beautiful voice. Um, it's worth watching. It's just stunning to see how someone who once understood the ETS can now be a climate change commissioner. I, I think there were tears. There may have been uh, tears at one point in that video. It was honestly the most excruciating thing I've ever seen. Um, nice voice. So, uh, lovely voice. Yeah, well, we have to give her that. Got to give her that. <laughs> and I think she was right on the economics. Back she, then. Yeah, she was back then. What, <laughs> what happened? Um, my gosh, I mean, there's no question that there's people in the commission who know exactly how the ETS works. Um, unfortunately, none of it's um, made it into the final report. And by the way, just to let's just come back to it. This is not some theoretical nicety. The whole basis for everything this Climate Change Commission is proposing hangs on the ETS not capping emissions. So this is the whole ballgame. And they've had two goes at trying to explain why the ETS doesn't cap emissions, and they've botched it both times. So I think, um, my gosh, uh, look, if you're worried about emissions or climate change or your kid's future or your back pocket, uh, this plan from the Climate Change Commission should be opposed on all of those grounds. It's not going to cut emissions. It is going to cost you a lot more. It's not going to help um, your kids and your grandkids. Uh, we have to do better uh, as a general public than to take whatever comes out of the government on climate change. Just because it's got climate change stamped on the cover doesn't mean it's a good plan. And there are bad. there is such a thing as a bad emissions plan, and we've just got one yesterday from the Climate Change Commission. So I think the public has to, say, has to have the right to say, we are worried about emissions, we expect a plan that works, we're not convinced that the, uh, that the Climate Change Commission's thought hard enough about this government, try again. Thank you, Matt. And if you want to have a recap of Matt's arguments, go to his Twitter feed, and his Twitter handle is MattBurgessNZ, and there you will find all the arguments about the Climate Change Commission's new report. You will also find a link to the video singing the praises of the ETS. Um, but for now, thanks, Matt, and uh, thanks. we look forward to talking to you again.